At RBC Wealth Management, they believe financial security begins by building a plan you can trust. Their financial advisors provide advice customized to your needs. So no matter where you are in life, you can depend on their expertise to help build a wealth plan that's right for you. Let them build your plan today. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hello and welcome to Innate Life Reclamation Podcast. Join us to listen in to get more in tune with the inborn magnificence in our world, in our bodies, and in our lives. I'm Dr. Lona Cook. And I'm Dr. Danny Otis. Our mission is to help people reconnect to their inner wisdom and use it in their everyday lives to transform their well-being by having real conversations, clinical insights, and opportunities for you to apply your own inborn intelligence to your everyday life. So start now by tuning in and turning on to the full potential of your body and life. All right, guys, you are in for a treat with Dr. Jen Shoup here. She hails from the Hudson area of Wisconsin and has a booming practice there. Is a chiropractor. She is definitely known for her ability to take care of families and babies and kids and all ages has even written a children's book. But today we're going to learn a little bit more about how she got the certainty that she wields in the world of natural healthcare, listening within, and how do you really use that when life squeezes you? When rubber meets the road, she doesn't abandon this knowledge. So Dr. Jen, welcome and tell us a little more about what got you to this point where you can help so many people. Yeah, thanks so much, Lona. Um, It's been a journey, that's for sure. So let me just start. I was 40 one 40 weeks and five days pregnant and um, had my midwife. I was planning on having a home birth. So I had my midwife come over um, because she was going to like just check on baby and, and help me like do a couple things to potentially help me to get to go into labor because I was getting pretty uncomfortable at that point. Um, and so she came over and I can remember her walking in. I was, then she had me lay on the couch and she had got the Doppler out. And I just remember this defining moment. Two heartbeats were heard. One was bump, bump, bump. The other one was bump, 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 bump. For the first time in 40 plus weeks of pregnancy, I heard two heartbeats. And so, and my husband, I remember him throwing up his hands and pacing up and down the hallway and saying, <laughs> I don't know if I should quit my job or get another job. <laughs> He's just pacing. And it's like nine o'clock at night at this point, And we're talking about, okay, so what do we have to do? You're going to have to go in and get an ultrasound to find out what position these babies are in. And I can remember multiple times asking her um, throughout pregnancy, am I having, is there two babies in there? Because kids would come in the office and they would say to me, I would ask her, am I having a boy or a girl? And they'd look at me and three or four of them told me two babies. Mm, and so- Ah, they just, kids just know they have a strong intuition that they listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up, my water actually ended up breaking early the next morning because otherwise I was going to go into practice and adjust and then go get an ultrasound over lunch. But my water ended up breaking the next morning and we had to go in and get 
an ultrasound and found out they were both head down. So really good news. Um, I was planning a home birth. And so we ended up coming back here, labored at home for 50 hours. So, <laughs> That's one day. <laughs> yeah. Two what and a half days. days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember the midwife coming in. And I, I do remember, you have to remember to look for lessons and things throughout in life. And I remember the midwife coming in and saying, you know, the doctor I really would like you to see comes on in an hour. And I think we should go in because one of the baby's heart rates is starting to drop. And so I was crushed. I thought, oh, I had my intention set. I had my birth plan. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to deliver my baby naturally. I wanted to have them at Even home. Even with the wrench of having two babies coming. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I just want to underline, she didn't know that until less than a week in advance, right? <laughs> yeah. We found out like literally six hours before my water broke. Oh my gosh, Jen. <laughs> so I was up all night the night before, you know, Googling like, Oh my gosh, what do you do if you have two? Can you still deliver at home if there's two babies? So anyways, <laughs> I had to go into the hospital because one of the heart rates was dropping. And a lot of times with home births, people have this misconception that these bad things happen and they happen really quick. Well, usually there's some sort of indicator that will show up that, hey, we should probably go in. And this was one of the indicators. The heart rate was starting to drop a little bit in one of the babies. And so we went in and there was... I brought a team of two midwives, a student midwife, my husband, myself, and I walked into a room of eight nurses and a doctor. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to have a C-section. I was completely crushed. And then I showed up and he goes, no, you got this. And so that was really pivotal for me to show that like my faith in my body, I'm in the right place. And I think it took so long because I had to process that I was having two babies. Mm. And I truly believe that that's why it took so long and why I ended up in there because I wanted to make sure as a woman, we know that we won't deliver an environment that doesn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I think the shock of finding that out just hours before my body just wasn't feeling safe. And so I talk about that a lot at the office that you have to feel safe where you're birthing um, because otherwise your body won't allow you to do what you need to do. So anyways, was able to deliver them both naturally um, without any intervention at all at the hospital, but just trusting in my body, knowing that it could do what it was meant for and setting those intentions up front. I feel it was such a powerful thing for me because I had my mind, I was committed. I knew what I was going to do. And without that certainty, I could have wavered pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And then come to find out they were Momo twins, which means they're one sack, one placenta. So it means they're super high risk twins. And so typically they make you deliver those twins at 36 weeks because of the risk of twin to twin transfusion or entangling in each other's cords, because there is only one placenta that they're in. So they're not in two separate they're, And so they can become wrapped up in each other's cords. And so just like knowing what I know now and being able to help a lot of moms of multiples too, it's fun to be able to Past that confidence and um, and just knowing and trusting in their body too. I mean, there are cases where it doesn't always go the way that you want, but then looking at the lessons, huh, I had to go to the hospital because I had to process everything and my body needed to feel safe. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have told that story. I told you this, that I, like, because <laughs> I know you, you went longer with your second birth too, where it was uh -huh. like 33 weeks. So I've said, you know, more just the women that are really close to me because I don't want to scare people, but I was like, <laughs> one of my girlfriends went 
over 40 weeks with twins and didn't know she was having twins until 40 weeks. It's just such a sensational story. And I do agree that your intention, I, most people, I I don't even know what they would do if they found that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we had to call our friends and have them come to the hospital and bring us a car seat. So we could actually bring two babies home because we didn't have a way. And I remember my husband calling my parents on the way there and he's like, uh, we're on our way to the hospital because there's two babies. And so they didn't know if we were joking or if we were really telling the truth. So, oh my gosh. yeah. You know, and I think about birth being such a metaphor for so many things, but birth is such a time where we're, we're literally birthing ourselves into motherhood at the same mm-hmm. time. And to have confidence that you can wear from people around you too. Um, you know, I had someone in the office the other day that said something about, I I said, do you want to breastfeed? And they said, yeah, as long as I'm able to. And I know that there are chances or scenarios where women can't, but so many times I think people aren't given confidence in their body with things like nursing, like um, birthing vaginally, all these things that if we could just have more support around us of people speaking confidence, intention, life into things, whether we're talking about birth or parenting or business or whatever, it's so important. It is for sure. And just building that tribe too, that, you know, of people that you can trust, you know, and that was another thing that I feel like some of the experience led me like to open myself up to ask for help or to be able to accept help in these like circumstances, because I'm not one that's good at being like, Oh, I need some help with this, or I need you know, like, could you bring me a meal that would really help me out? And I feel like as women in our society, we're not taught that. Right. And so that's like, just being confident in that and surrounding yourself with people that are able to help you and that you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powerful voice. That seems to be a a theme that's coming through these days of using your voice to ask for what you need, using your voice to speak your truth, you Mm -hmm. know, and especially coming from that feminine component. Right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, you know, getting birth into your certainty, you, this isn't the only time that you've been squeezed. So you uh-huh. want to share with us what happened later on? Yes. So I had just birthed my third baby. Um, at, he was born at 43 weeks, as Lona had mentioned. So yeah, I carried him a little bit longer and that was a stressful birth. Um, just because they thought he was going to, he was having some trouble and they had some things that they were getting ready. And I didn't know this, but then the midwife said, okay, I need you to push this baby out right away and come to find out the reason that there was a little bit of a concern is because he was likely a twin too, but we didn't know that. And so he was born completely safe, completely fine. But the stress of that because stress always will show up in your system if you hold on to it and you don't release it, no matter where it will show up. So the stress of that, three weeks after he was born, it was my first day back in the office. I got a call in the morning and it was the EMS. And my husband had been working and he went to work at like five in the morning that morning. So that way he could get home and help me with the baby um, and the older toddlers. And (laughs) they were explaining all of these things that were happening. And I just said, he's having a stroke, isn't he? And they're like, well, we can't tell you for sure, but this, I'm like, what are the symptoms? You're telling me this. And I said, he's having a stroke. 
And they're, they're like, well, just meet us at this hospital. And so my husband, mm -hmm. and so I started driving and I, he has a mechanical heart valve. And so there's a risk of that throwing a clot because it's not natural to the body. And so I was driving to the hospital thinking about all these things. You know, I've got my baby in the back because my baby comes to work with me. Thank goodness I did. And I show up and, you know, you're in the ER and they're telling me, okay, we're going to give him this medicine. It's going to supposed to break up this clot in his brain and, and he should be fine. And, um, well, we don't know the outcome. They didn't say he should be fine. But I looked at him in that moment, he's laying there in the bed, you know, like can't raise the left side of his body, left side of his face is completely flaccid and um, can't raise his leg and they're checking him and doing all the checks and that, you know, you know, the signs and the symptoms. And I looked and I said, we are going to get you back to hundred mm-hmm. percent, just unwavering and speaking that over to him and to him. And so they gave him the clock busting drug. He did end up going in, you know, he was in ICU and it was a long process, you know, so I'm not only have two toddlers and a brand new baby and my husband's in this toddler like state too. Um, and I remember sitting in the, the ER room, I stayed overnight. And of course you don't get any sleep because the doctors and nurses are coming in every hour to do all the checks and make sure he's not having another bleed or a bleed because of the clot busting drug. And I remember that next morning, leaning my head back on the railing, there was a, there was like a couch and then like a shelf and putting my head back on the shelf and looking up into the sky. Cause it was right in front of a window. And I'm like, God, just give me a sign that everything's going to be okay. Just give me a sign. And I look up in the sky and there's these two bright white angel wings in the sky with the sun shining through. Them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we got it. You know, and it was a process. Mm-hmm. It was retraining because, you know, I had to hide keys from him so we wouldn't take the car. You know, it's, it, I had to take care of essentially four children um, until he got everything back, but he's back. He's a hundred percent, you know, and has been for quite a few years now. Um, but just that being super intentional with your words mm-hmm. and speaking your voice when you're in the room with these doctors and they're like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Is that necessary? Do we have to do that? what are, what do you think you'll gain from this or this? Because there were some procedures that they wanted to do. And I said, I don't think that's necessary. Mm-hmm. And then they would talk with the other specialists and then they'd come back and they'd say, okay, we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know? And so really just speaking your voice in those situations and being intentional with your words when you're in those situations, because even if people aren't conscious mm-hmm. or they're not all the way with you, their brain still takes all of that in. Mm-hmm. And so, and then being intentional when he was like, you're getting better, you're going, you're going to be going back to work, you know, all of these different things, because he was off of work for about three weeks. And that did end up go, he probably went back a little bit early, but he doesn't like to sit around at home. And I didn't want to have to stay home and watch him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, but it was the best thing that was right for our family at that point. Mm-hmm. But the situation. Oh yeah. And the stressful situation of having my son and having him go through that, like the stress caused that on his system Mm -hmm. and it will cause that on other people's systems too. If you don't pay attention to it or verbalize or communicate or process it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it seems like that's probably another one of those, you said you got to look for the lessons of like, I'm assuming you needed to ask for help through all of that again. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yes, we had, and there was a, a meal train that was created for us. So people would bring meals to our house and some people I, I've never even met, you know, it was really humbling for me to mm-hmm. be asking for that help, but then also receiving it. And now afterwards, it's like, oh, I can help other people in that way because you never know how far reaching that goes. Right. Yeah. And the ability to have compassion for what a family is going through when right. crisis has happened. Uh-huh. Definitely. And so when we were, you know, just talking about how you got to this point of being intentional with things. Now, one of the things that you had said, like you were able now to use this intention in business and lots of things, I'm sure. Um, uh-huh. Give us an example of how you just start to speak life over everything that you want to create. Yeah, especially, I mean, since it's almost the beginning of the year, so we're still in January, right? So setting your intentions for the year, we sit down as a family and we do that at the beginning of the year. We say affirmations every morning in the car. And sometimes people think it's kind of crazy. Like they might see me yelling, like I yell my intentions in the (laughs) car every morning because you have to bring the energy behind it too. And my boys do too. So they're like, I am smart. I am strong. I am healthy. My body heals itself. So they go through this whole affirmation thing every morning that I drive them to school um, because it's just a great way to start your day and start off super intentional. But then also in the office that I'm in now, I'm in a mastermind locally. Um, there's five of us women in it. And we just talk about what what's going to happen this year, like at the beginning of the year, what do we want to see unfold? Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned, I said, yeah, well, I'm looking for a, a building or some land to build um, or to have an office on. And I wanted to buy my own place. And I had for quite a few years, but that was my intention for that year. And all of a sudden it popped up online in May and this building that was amazing. And I've been looking like on and off for years mm-hmm. and it came up and it's, you know, like exactly perfect location, great visibility. And then we demoed it and remodeled it. And it's like, it's great. So we, and then last year I was like, yeah, I'll probably add another chiropractor to our team because there's a team of us um, in the fall and all of a sudden August came and there was another chiropractor that was emailing me. And so it's just, it's just great to see those intentions start to come to fruition Mm -hmm. and be careful what you say. Mm -hmm. It was interesting on the way to school that we're having this conversation today because on the way to school this morning, one of my boys wasn't having a great day and he was really crabby and he was getting into it with his brothers. And I, I just had this conversation with them. I said, like, you're choosing how your day is going to go right now. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, like if a bird poops on your head and you can choose like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. This is the worst thing ever. Or you can choose to go wash it off and go about your day and be like, this is fine. Mm -hmm. I said that your attitude right now is going to define how the rest of the day goes. And that's so true with everything else. So when you wake up in the morning, I mean, you heard it, you stub your toe on the way to the shower. And if you're like, this is the worst thing ever, then your day is going to go that way. And some people it's their month or their year even. And so really choosing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. We had a similar morning this morning. We (laughs) were on vacation last week. And so Jack has cried the last two mornings when I wake him up because he doesn't want to go to school because he has to sit all day, you know? And so Uh everything's bad about school. And I said, well, would you like me to look for a different school knowing full well that he'll say no. 
And well, then you are making the choice for this to be the worst day ever because you have to go to school, you know? So just that language, even if they don't get it to on repeat, helping them Mm -hmm. know that you're making choices. You're not a victim to this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we it's the conversation we have multiple times because they they should know that's one of the things that I don't think in my or your generation growing up we were taught that very much. Mm-hmm. But now we're we're really where we're at right now, we're talking about choices and we're talking about different things. And using your voice, mm-hmm. but doing it in a way that is respecting other people's voices as well. Right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So just kind of circling back on if we were leaving some points of advice for someone who's like, okay, I want to be more intentional, yeah. or maybe I have a lot of stress and I'm in that spot where I'm, I'm worried that if I don't do something about my stress, mm-hmm. it, it's going to lead to worse things. You know, how would you help guide them to use intention to help with their mm-hmm. healing? I mean, number one, be intentional about your health, right? So see a chiropractor if you don't want, um, because that's how your body is can process stress and stress lives in the nervous system. And so if you're not able to process it, it will stay there. So make sure you're getting under chiropractic care first and foremost. Number two, meditation. It helps you to reconnect to yourself and even sometimes makes you aware of what different points of your body aren't functioning like they should be that you wouldn't normally, you know, oftentimes people come and lay on my table on the table when I'm adjusting them, they're like, Oh, I didn't even know I was tight there mm-hmm. because you didn't pause enough to notice. Yes. So you know, mm-hmm. and you probably get that too. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I would make sure that you write down what are your intentions mm-hmm. and talk to other people about them. Say, I am going to be doing this. I am going to be buying this building this year. Mm-hmm. And I am going to be talk to the right there. people about that, right? Yeah, like not the right people are going to be naysayers too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The people that build you up, keep your circle tight, mm-hmm. you know, about that, that kind of thing, because there will be some that will drag you down, but um, you know who those people are. And so choose wisely mm-hmm. and then just write them down and read them. Like I have, on my bathroom mirror, I've got all kinds of things that I've written down. And then in the shower, I've got a laminated piece of paper. So every morning when I'm in the shower, I'm reading through, okay, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. I've also heard other people recording their own voice and listening to that when you're driving into work of the different things that you want to see manifested in your life. Yes. You know, with one of the other um, people I'm interviewing, we were talking about how um, when you're making these choices to create change, you know, we, as we're in this world where we're starting to recognize that our intention is so powerful and we are manifesting, we're still in a 3d body as well. And so Mm -hmm. I know you, Jen, and I know that just like you're intentional, you also are putting the rubber to the road. So the intention is where you come back to, to help guide you as you're making the decisions, just Mm -hmm. like you're telling someone be intentional about your health one of the ways you make the rubber hit the road is getting under routine chiropractic care, mm-hmm. finding that space for five minutes to breathe and just feel your body, you know, right. those Even are move. the actions, right. You know, movement helps if you can get outside, you know, the weather isn't always the greatest in January in Wisconsin. Um, but if you can get outside just for five minutes and breathe that fresh air in, 
and I've learned over the last couple of years because I'm more is better for me. You know, that's how the type of person I am. Okay. If I'm going to work out harder is better, faster is better, but sometimes it's not, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just really listening to yourself about that, like walking is okay. It's as good as running is Mm -hmm. depending on what you need and what your body needs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's magic in listening to your body. And there's also magic in recognizing the rhythms of what nature has and applying right. to ourself. Um, and I think that is another thing that we can be intentional about is the world has taught us to go, 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 go and right. push. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons of push and right. there are seasons like summer, everything's pushing out, right? Spring, uh-huh. summer. but then there's also fall and winter and you know, I even think we were on vacation, like I said, last week, and my son has had this wart on the bottom of his foot that we had burned off twice. It came from a splinter that I don't, I guess we must not have gotten fully out. Sure. And so I was like, okay, we're just going to leave it. Cause I'm not going to do anything else with it. Well, two or three days just in the salt water and sand and it, it was gone. And so mm-hmm. I just thought like, again, we're so disconnected at times from these things that are you know, you know, we're not going to be barefoot in the snow in, in right. here, but the healing properties of just knowing that our bodies are so powerful and mm-hmm. our world is so powerful and we are still animals living on this earth connected to everything. Yeah. And we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything you want to leave with everyone or ways they could find you? Um, yeah, you can find me at prairiefamilychiropractic.com. We have a Facebook, Instagram page, so feel free to look us up. And if you have questions or you need anything, reach out. And we have birth classes usually once a quarter. So we talk about that, being really intentional about your birth, who you have in the room with you, because it's a, it's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the children's book I wrote, The Superpowers Within, because I want to teach kids that they do have superpowers within them. Yeah, and we'll so- drop your link in the okay, same cool. that they can perfect yeah cool thank you so much I love hearing those stories they blow my mind every time <laughs> uh, I love you thanks so much thank you love you too thanks for joining us at innate life reclamation podcast we hope you found tips and tricks to start incorporating innate into your everyday life because it is in your everyday life whether you see it or not You can find both Dr. Danny and myself at cookchirocenter.com or on any of our social media. And we'd love for you to share our podcast and leave us a review. Thanks for listening.